0: Are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Before we hop into this episode, it's important to acknowledge that being a new grad and a new worker can be really hard sometimes. It's not in your head, it really can be hard. And grad school just doesn't teach us everything that we need to know to be successful in the real world with our jobs. So in order to bridge that gap, we created the Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist. This course will fast track you into honing those skills that you need to actually help your clients in an individual setting. It'll save you time when you're trying to figure out what the heck to document. It's going to increase your confidence in your abilities that you are doing this right and give you the tools that you need to be even more effective. And it's going to improve the professional quality of your notes so that when your colleagues and your coworkers read them, they say, wow, that's a really thorough, detailed note. I love it let's do this. And it provides clarity on how to help the person. So if this sounds like something you would benefit from, definitely check the link in the show notes for the clinical essentials for the future therapist. With that, let's hop into this episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I'm really excited for this episode because I've had a lot of people, myself included, just wonder about when is it time to go get a doctorate degree? Do I need a doctorate for what I'm going to do? How am I going to make that decision? Like, is it for me? Is it worth it? You know, all of these questions that are completely legitimate because we're all trying to... Improve ourselves and move up in life, and that takes strategy and planning. And going back for a doctorate is definitely going to be strategic and takes a lot of planning and a lot of changes to your everyday life because it's, um, you know, it's intense. But if it fits in with what you really want and what you want to do then by all means, go for it. The time is going to pass anyways, so you might as well make the most of it. And with that, let's hop into this episode with Dr. Ortiz. He is straight out of Southern California, super amazing. He's a professor, he has his doctorate, really great guy. I'm really excited that we were able to connect on LinkedIn and it just goes to show the power of social media and really making those connections. So with that, let's hop into the episode. Hello, Dr. Ortiz.
1: Hi, Captain. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you today?
1: Doing great. It's uh, a great. Uh, great day outside today.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. It's beautiful here in Southern California.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. So I'm so excited to have you on Social Workers Rise podcast. And I'll be honest, I was looking at your very impressive LinkedIn profile (laughs) and I'm like, holy moly, I don't even know where to start, but I did have, like, I narrowed it down to some questions that I I really want to ask you.
1: Awesome. Shoot away. No worries.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, please, uh, first, let's start with, you know, like who you are. What do you do? Tell us.
1: Great, no, I, I first thank you for having me on your podcast. i big fan and appreciate you letting me share my, my story, my ups and downs and, and what's worked for me. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but this is what's worked for me and this is what I'm, I'm doing. Um, so I have a, a few hats. I'm a professor at a couple universities. I'm an adjunct, which means that uh, I get kind of paid per contract per course um at Cal State Los Angeles and in Cal State Dominguez uh and then recently at a, a Sousa Pacific University um they all have different modalities and, and I'll go into that in, in a little bit but that's kind of my my main hat or one of my main hats but I also have a a consulting firm that we do uh coaching training and consulting for small to mid-sized uh organizations that are trying to um, get to their next level, whether that means fiscal, whether that means uh, leadership capacity-wise, or training. Um, We specialize in those, uh, my team and I, because we we want to really empower uh, people of color and leaders of color, and primarily the the small to mid-sized tend to have those. Uh, And that's why we focus on that um, uh, population or that sort of subset of organizations. so that's, quote, unquote, my, my working hat, right? My other hats are, you know, father, husband, son, brother, everything else that goes with, with uh, the day-to-day work. And, and that's as, as important as everything else.
0: Yes, definitely. It's all about having the balance. And I hear your kids there. That's uh, They sound like they're having so much fun. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for taking a little yeah. bit of time away from them to, to talk with me. I really appreciate that. No, um, no so... So, wow, I like so many, so many things and so many questions running through my mind. One, like guilty, <laughs> guilty admission here. I want to know, how do you get in with being a professor? Like what, how can I do this?
1: This perfect question. And, and I get that asked often and uh, I'm, I'm doing the next level of it, right? So I'm doing the adjunct and I've been doing it for about five or six years. And how I got in initially was um, I was already in, this is 2015, 2014, I was already applying for uh, teaching um, opportunities at community colleges or or Cal States or UCs, but a lot of them asked for publications, a lot of them asked for um, articles, things that that they should have been doing, Uh, but I was out there working, right? I was out there being social worker I was out there being a a director so it was hard to do both Uh, how I got in was as there was a a colleague of mine who was an adjunct herself at Dominguez Hills and said hey they need somebody ASAP because somebody just moved and please submit your things and and, uh, meet with the chair right away so I happened to be ready to apply right away so I didn't have a, a hesitation of here's what I could do here's what I could teach here's what I've guest lecture before. So I had all these uh, um, steps set up for when the opportunity came my way, uh, primarily because I was already applying places, right? So when the opportunity came by, uh, I had to then talk to my employer and make sure that, that I could do it because often programs are during work hours, right, the whole nine to five, or they take up significant time of, of being available, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's uh, that's how I, I got in initially. Um once you get a course right whether it's an introductory course or behavior course or or a course that that um either people who are tenured or people who are are just not available during that time slot that you're able to take make it all as possible to make it happen right make sure you talk to your partner make sure you talk to your business to your employer to to whoever you're going to talk to because once you get that opportunity you got to make sure you rock it right like that you get really extended reviews, that your um, experience and your sort of personality shows within the the class because sometimes it's a one and done deal. You were hired because they had a pinch or they needed somebody, but if you don't get reviews or good good outcomes, then they'll go back to that same person. Or or you know, you're you just kinda go back in line, right? But the fact that I knew I had my one shot at a continuity push to make sure I got, I was able to get the next contract and then the next contract. Um, and then how you do that is you become involved, right? You you take up positions like a, a field liaison where you kind of supervise interns. You take up um, introductory meetings and panels with whenever the university is doing something. So so you make yourself available. Uh, and I never say disposable because everybody's you know here today gone tomorrow type of thing, but you make yourself available and useful so that it's a two-way relationship and it's not just I want in I want in I want in, and then all of a sudden you're not available anymore, right? Or, or you're not needed anymore. Um, that's that's the initial part of it, right? So once you're in there, you have to constantly make sure that you're getting the the right. Um, Reviews from your students. You're listening to the students. You kind of pose um, checkpoints between like, am I doing this correctly? Is everybody understanding? Do you guys need more guest lectures? You need less, right? So you're constantly taking feedback. And every class is different. You might have a class that's super introverted, and you want a class that's super extroverted. You might have a class that uh, um, wants to have more hands-on group work. I mean, you're you're never not learning whenever you're you're teaching. So. Don't think you have it all figured out even if you have that course or few courses that are
0: yeah i love that okay so i was taking notes over here so mm-hmm. if someone is listening right now or me <laughs> if yes. i want to start yes. and get my foot in the door as a <laughs> as a professor then i'll yes. first need to start with trying to work my connections to guest lecture see of if course. i could get any publications uh, mm-hmm. Be ready mm-hmm. when the op- opportunity yeah. presents itself and, and be mm-hmm. actively looking for those. Yes. Be flex- and
1: that, that means mm-hmm. remotely, that means online, that means in person. That means you might live in the OC, but the class that they're offering you is in UCLA, then you got to make that trek. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, 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 come, it comes far from between whenever somebody needs somebody right away, uh, as opposed to you know, let me sign up now for the next uh, fall or something, right? Like, it's not at your time. It's literally on the university or college's time.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And then I'll need mm-hmm. to be flexible and available so that I rock my first class, get involved on the yep. campus, and then be open to ongoing feedback and nourish and create yes. those relationships with the students.
1: Yes.
0: Okay, okay. That's super helpful. Um,
1: it is, it is. And th- what wh- where I'm at at the moment is I'm trying to take the next step in academia is when you get to become an assistant professor. And an assistant professor is kind of the the more quote-unquote tenure track, the more permanent track to become a full-time professor. And that still means you carry classes. That still means you, you go to meetings and everything else like a, like a professor would. What happens here, though, now is that you become part of the Uh, academic team and you could take on other responsibilities you could then take on um, research projects in the name of that university right so uh, that's kind of the next step I'm I'm pursuing where I become an assistant and the assistant professor is still like a entry-level position so it's still uh, um, needed publications you still need to have some sort of uh, years of experience in teaching so that's that's the next version of after being an adjunct for a while
0: Awesome. Well, I have good feelings about 2021 that it will be your year, Dr. Ortiz.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I appreciate that.
0: So speaking of going to the next level, I know that you do a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, consulting and coaching. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you're interacting with students on a regular basis. What have you Mm -hmm. seen as the barriers that get in the way of professionals really going to the next level in their career and and you know, do you have any ways that we can combat these these barriers?
1: Yeah, I was I was just talking to somebody today about how we get in our own way, about I'm not ready yet. Right? About I have to have all these things and ducks lined up before I make my I make my next move. Uh, regardless of what that is, whether I want to become a coach, whether I want to become a director, whether I want to change my career path from uh, this population to the next population, we often, like, one, overthink about it, but actually become critical about what is really needed to be doing that work, right? So how I suggest and how I began combating this, if I knew teaching was my next step, if I knew coaching or consulting was my next step, I had to begin surrounding myself with people who are actively doing it. Not people who did it at one point, not people who... Uh, uh, are so big that it only talks to me once in a while. Like I needed to have constant uh, interactions and and a relationship with people who are actively doing it. So um, I positioned myself to guest lecture, I positioned myself to to run focus groups. I I was constantly becoming available so that people would see me as an asset and as a support, as opposed to somebody who just like a one-sided relationship, Mm -hmm. right? I think I've used the word available a few times already, but, but you don't become available until you know what you're looking for, right? So the, the goal setting and the mindset was really important to know what I wanted to ultimately achieve, which is run my own organization, be a, a professor at a, at a university so I could be able to do both really uh, um, at the same, simultaneously and, and, and flexibility there, right?
0: Okay. So have clear goals, surround yourself with what you actively want to do and then mm-hmm, be an mm-hmm. asset and add value to those circles. Correct. Okay, awesome. That sounds that sounds pretty doable. Yeah. And let's see. I'm also wondering um so so you have your doctorate. What mm-hmm, was it mm-hmm. that made you realize or made you want to get your doctorates? Like, what was that process like for you? How did you know it was time?
1: Great, great question. I think um, um, one of the, the statements you have to write for uh, a lot of the, the assistant or associate uh, professor uh, faculty applications is, is your, your teaching statement or your diversity statement or your research statement. And, and for me, they've all kind of intermixed, or intermixed throughout the year. So um, meaning that I knew that long-term I wanted to be of a, a, a support of the new wave of social workers or the new wave of professionals and in, in particular, professionals of color. Um, and while I was in, we'll start with college. When I was in college, I, I saw people who kind of looked like me or who, who were from similar backgrounds, but not too many. And and I, I you know once I get the opportunity I want to make sure I, I change that I, I become a professor I become somebody who who I could influence the next wave of professionals. Um, as I was in the trenches of, of doing the social services career, I realized, man, the BA is not getting me far. Meaning, you know, pays not that great, uh, the, the the flexibility, the the programs I want to be implementing is not that flexible. So I have to go out for the master's. And, and again, it's easier said than done, but I knew that was the next thing and, and as I completed the master's, I realized, wow, these professors have uh, their full-time gig. They also do a uh, consulting side. So I was realizing what people were doing and how successful they were being. And I wanted to kind of be on that same wavelength, right? As I obtained my master's and I was able to take more leadership and management roles, I realized, wow, a lot of the folks who are above me have been in the field for many years, um, but a lot of them have a doctorate already, maybe not in social work, maybe in a psychology or, or a PhD in uh, uh, another uh, um, field, but, but there's a doctorate involved, right? And again, the more I realize the end goal is, is to be in these kind of leadership management influence positions and the folks that I see that are in there have these degrees after the main. But then I also had the, the, I also see they have the experience right that they've been in the field for many years that they have a niche that they worked out with etc so as I continued doing the day to day work or the leadership work I realized there had to be a time where um, I had to straddle both I had to do the 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 doctorate program and I had to continuously to be doing my my leadership piece or my my uh, uh, being a director so i, I there wasn't a, a, a clear date but a, but i do want to say it was heavily influenced by two things one is i realized the higher i got in management the the more behind the scenes the behind the the curtain i saw that programs and organizations were really businesses being able to figure it out to help people right so if I wanted to keep in business, I had to make myself valuable valuable as an as asset of the organization. The other thing I realized that as, as my family and my personal life grew, I had to become more uh, um, just talented in other ways so that I wasn't, uh, quote unquote, trapped in the nine to five and always being able to, uh, uh, not being as flexible as possible. So so I, I spoke to my wife back in 2013, 2014 or so. Um, and we had our first child and I said, you know, we, I wanna pursue this because I see there's an ultimate goal. And, and as we had our, our second child, then I, I really uh, put effort into uh, uh, attending a, a doctor program. And for me, it was identifying your program and this is for everybody. So identifying your program that makes sense for you and your end goal. So for me, it's, it's a, an applied doctorate. So I have a, a doctoral degree in education uh, with an emphasis in uh, educational psychology. And all, all that really means is that I wanted to have a degree that I was able to put to work right away. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a PhD is, a, is primarily focused on the research and, and you're able to put it right away, but you're constantly influencing theory and research where my goal was to influence practice and influence uh, solving problems and being able to get what I've learned and and fix things ASAP. Mm -hmm. So that's the other balance there is like, which of these two doctorates are you gonna go apply for? So it's it's less about the name of the university, it's more about which of the programs speak to you and, and resonate with your next few, five or six steps you wanna make. You know what I mean? mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense to have a clear end goal and mm-hmm. to and it looks like you recognized what that looked like for you. And you saw people, you know, you surrounded yourself in those circles and you realize, oh, they have this higher level education. That is my next step. So that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for for sharing that. You mentioned one comment about how you wanted to be on the wave of the new social workers. Do you feel yes. like we are on the wave of new social workers? Like, do you feel like the industry is changing or shifting?
1: I I think our profession is, is slowly catching up to um, other health professions like in the uh, public health and like in um, psychology that are expanding the reach beyond clinical practice, right? We've been heavily on child welfare, clinical, or even community organizing for that matter. Um, that was kind of the birth of, of what social work is. But slowly but surely, we're, we're, we're entering non-traditional social work fields. And I think that's what's paved in the way for just new opportunities, right? Like there should, should be a social worker in HR. Right? There should be a social worker within a lot of these DNI initiatives, right? There should be a social work perspective and communications, IT, right? There's there's infinite uh, fields that we could provide some insight with because ultimately, what the social work pers- perspective is, is a place uh, or a person in, in the environment, right? So wherever we see a person, what is surrounding around, uh, around them, and then how can we could improve that. So that that could be in all kinds of fields and. I'm excited when I see things like uh, a social worker join uh, the Raiders of Innovation, or when they join uh, the Sparks as a, a, um, a foundation rep or something. So it's interesting that that our field is, is entering now new pockets that were, you know, primarily for communications or uh, um, other sort of masters or other types of degrees, right? So that I'm hoping continues to change and and pave the way for for just new opportunities
0: yes definitely i know i've seen that too and we're seeing a lot of glass ceilings being broken especially now with the new presidency coming in and it feels like every other week i'm seeing that a social worker is elected to a super duper high position in the government which gets me really excited because it's about time that we have people with these code of ethics and this moral compass right. that are in there, and making decisions and guiding our country.
1: Right. No, of course, and that's that's exciting for uh, uh, for the field, but also I, I'm I'm excited for the, the competitiveness or the, the sort of uh, um, raising the bar that it brings to the other fields as a well, as well, right? So we should be as involved in, in the COVID pandemic as we are in the BLM movement, right? We should be as involved in uh, how the how the vaccines get rolled out versus policies being done for immigration, right? Like there, there should be a lot of our presence in a lot of these major issues, homelessness, et cetera, right? Um, be, because we could add a lot of value, but at the same time become educated by what other fields are, are thinking should happen, right? Like what the policymakers say, what the business people say, what the uh, uh, health perspectives say, right? So it, it does bring sort of a, a raising the bar to the rest of the fields as well, hopefully.
0: It's true. And I think it raises the bar for us as social workers too, that our education is not done. You know, we do need to, if we're mm-hmm. trying to get into different industries and make our... Be an asset and add value to these new fields for for us. Then it does take a certain level of education and just like you said, being open to learning because every new environment comes with new lessons to learn and um, and you know just new ways that we can grow and and expand and and use that skill set that we already have as a strong foundation.
1: Yeah, right. Like uh, all the skills that you learn at school, but also in, in every work or, or internship you've ever done are transferable, right? Like everything that, that you learn when you're doing clinical assessment or where you're uh, assessing risk, I mean, you could then bring that into how do you support um, or onboarding a, a new wave of, of people or onboarding a, a new staff. And, I mean, it's, it's tons of transferable skills. We, we just tend to be historically narrow about how we support right well we only people we only have people who are marginalized we only have people who are in desperate need right but there's a lot of people out there and everybody needs some support in one way or another oh
0: yeah for sure definitely well thank you so much dr ortiz where can people find you
1: Oh, i appreciate it no uh, you can find me on my website i have a website uh, org. Uh, And then you can find us at uh, all platforms at Cilegra underscore O-R-G. Please, please follow and connect with us. And and we'll be able to uh, hopefully uh, meet in person and and be able to support any and everybody in in coaching or training or or consulting needs that they have.
0: Yes, I would love that. I cannot wait for the day we can meet in person. I'm (laughs) I'm very much looking excited to getting off of instagram and back into the real
1: world <laughs> yeah which i think that that leads a great question on to what is next for our field that we have yet to see what are the repercussions for all of us not just people who are already being in service but what are the repercussions once we start lifting these kind of just uh, social distancing bands right or how we start interacting with people and, and uh what what occurred behind closed doors and i mean it, it, it's there's a lot of the support and need that's going to happen out of, uh, of this pandemic and out of uh, a lot of the social unrest, you know. Yes. So there's, there's going to be a lot of work to be done.
0: It's true. Yeah, we are. We are literally just getting started in all of this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a whole new world. It feels like yes. so many changes and so many ways that we need to be creative and innovate to to just keep serving and helping.
1: No, correct. And, and whatever I could do to help you and social rise, I'll be happy to do. Well,
0: I appreciate that. And same for you. Um, you know, I will be following you on LinkedIn. I love the stuff that you post and share on there. So if you are not following Dr. Ortiz, definitely go to his page right <laughs> now. The link is in the show notes and give him a follow. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
1: Appreciate you as well. Thank you very much.
0: Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If this episode helped you, please help me spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share that you're listening. Tag me on social media. I love it. I will repost and reshare. I love it. Social currency is free, but it is so valuable. Also, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. I really do respond. I really do love it when you give me your feedback. Lastly, this is not therapeutic advice or business advice or any other kind of personalized advice. To get that, you definitely need me as your coach. So please, again, reach out to me on Instagram. I can't wait till next week. I will see you then. All the love. Bye.